At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proxo, and with me tonight is Sophie Patanode. Hello. Hello, hello. What should I say? AKA philosophy. Mm-hmm. Philosopher. Philosopher. Mm-hmm. I asked you three times before we started, and I still got it wrong. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> well, we like kicking it off with a song, so what have you got for us? Um, I got a song. It's about a dream, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's about a ghost, and it takes me on adventures. It's, yeah. Should I just play it? Uh, what was it called? Oh, um, I think it's called Hold Your Heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, take it away. Thank you. What would you do if you saw a door? Would you keep it secret, keep it Philosophy by uh, sorry, hold your heart by philosopher. Yeah. 
Um, so you mentioned at the start there, it was a it was a song that kind of came to you in a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on your YouTube channel earlier on today, oh, yeah. and you had another track on there that also came from a dream. So, is this kind of the way you kind of get your creative ideas from? Is is it in in this lucid dreaming? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had a little bit of lucid dreaming here and there. Um, I've actually created this crazy dream world, and it has these amazing mountains, and like there's like a Six Flags in it. There's dinosaurs and dragons, and so once I got to fly a dragon like over Lake Champlain, it was pretty awesome. Um, so I think it's a combination of dreaming and then also like, you know, being kind of young and trying to experience all that you can, but knowing that there's only 24 hours in a day. So, but you know, if you lucid dream, uh, you technically double your life experience. So, do you wake up tired ever from these dreams? All the time. <laughs> do, you, so do you do you really sleep at some point? Is there any point where you're like, okay, tonight I'm just gonna dreamless? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> I guess when you can dictate what happens in them, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's too much fun to be had. It is. It is. Uh, what came first, the lucid dreaming or the music? Did music. The music. Yeah, I've been writing since I was like five, and then playing guitar since middle school. I don't know how old you are in middle school, to be honest. I think I'm past that. You know, like that grade is that age kind of. Um, age so I have no idea but I just wrote a lot of poetry a lot of nonfiction, and then I just picked up the guitar and I was like wait a second I have lyrics and I have a guitar I think that's a good combination for a song when was the first time you woke up from a lucid dream and realized you had a song of it or did you did you create the song in the dream itself um, no, I didn't create, that would have been cool, actually. I should try to see if I can do that. Um, but I was doing this flying dream, and I ended up being a bu- over a bunch of uh, gypsies or, like, traveling folk. Um, and it was, like, right down the street from where I was, you know, like, sleeping. Um, and I had to, like, jump over them to fly, and it was really weird. And I don't think I wrote a song about it, but I definitely wrote some, like, traveling story where I ended up just going with them and seeing where they took me, so which actually feeds into my next song because that's kind of like um, the conversation with yourself to put yourself out of your comfort zone, but then also realizing you're uncomfortable when you're outside of your comfortable uh, comfort zone. Do you often find that tracks kind of meld into other tracks, almost like a, like a prog rock kind of thing? Is, is there like an overarching story that you're telling? Not really. Most of my stuff is actually improv um, and then I just kind of go with it, and, and I'm getting better at editing, which is really important. Um, but a lot of it just kind of happens. Um, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit more about the improvisation. I, I did see on your bio that improvisation is is kind of the core to to what you create. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that first track it, it sounds like a, it's like it sounds like a whole track to me. Yeah. Uh, um, was that improvised or was was that? Um, this one? Yeah, yeah this one, one was improv written down and not changed. Okay, so that the first time you... So I guess what I'm asking is, what do you class as improvisa- improvisation? What do I classify it as? Yeah. Um, just kind of putting a melody and lyrics to anything, basically. Um, I like to do open mics and say, give me a word or an idea, and then whatever the band wants to play, and then I create the story on top of it. Um, I think that comes from my mom was in theater and uh, so she kind of exposed me to music in a story form and then I was not really a theater kid so I was like all right I I think I'll pick up the guitar maybe be a little bit cooler and I have theater friends so hopefully no one takes offense to that Um, but yeah I definitely like have always been somebody who wants to tell a story but doesn't really want to think about it. 
I see. I, I guess it kind of blurs that line between, you know, actually sitting down and writing a song mm-hmm. and, and improv. Uh, I guess when you're sat in like a coffee shop or a bar mm-hmm. and, and creating it on the spot. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that sounds like improv when once it's down and then you play it over and over again. At what point does it stop being improv and start just being mm. a song as, as in a traditional manner? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of them I can pretend that they're finished if I'm performing them but there's always going to be iterations so maybe there is no line you know maybe it just isn't isn't at the same time and um as you said that your mom kind of got you into this kind of way of thinking um but you started writing songs at a very early age I'm Mm -hmm. assuming the the writing of songs kind of came first Mm -hmm. when did you first start trying out this improv and how did it how did it sound when you first started doing it Oh, I have recordings and I can't even listen to them. Um, I think it's because the voice is like really off, um, but that's fine. That's kind of shows improvement, I guess, um, and keeps you humble. Um, but I think I just was writing lyrics, 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 and writing stories and putting them into po- poems. And then I picked up the guitar and I was like, wow, I, I know two chords. I could, you know, write like 100 songs with this. And then so I just started kind of playing around with those lyrics and making up melodies and showing my parents and being like, look, I'm doing something. Um, but I think eventually I just started, um, you know, playing more and more different chords and then just started coming up with an idea or I'd look at a picture and create a story out of that picture. Um, So definitely as a child, it was more structured and it is more structured today, um, but probably more variety in it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess, um, yeah, with with the improv... Um, is there other artists that you've kind of come across that do something similar? Because it, to me, this is, it sounds like a very unique mm-hmm. thing. I've never, I've never heard of a, a, a singer-songwriter kind of approaching songs in the same way an improv troupe would do. Hmm. I think maybe Tasha Tana, but she does this more with like loops and instrumentals, and she just like comes up with an idea and is like, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to add something to it. Um, but yeah, definitely not a lot of musicians that I personally know who do that, but instrumentally you can say give me some minor or something that's dark and kind of feels like a storm's coming and they'll play it i know you know some saxophone players here and there and like people who are really good at piano and it's um, unbelievable what they can do um but it's just like a beautiful thing to be able to sing with them because not only are you hearing things for the first time but you're like creating something just awesome so that sounds like you, you kind of collaborate with other people yeah. while doing this. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, tell me how that's come about. Do you do you perform live mm-hmm. with other people as well? Yeah, yeah. It was really in college. I used to be kind of like a stickler and just kind of go in my room and not hang out with anybody and play music all the time because it was kind of like the thing that made me feel really good inside and I was like in control of it. And then my parents were always like, you should play with other people. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. And then in college, somehow all my friends ended up being musicians. I didn't know this beforehand, which was really cool. Um, and then we just kind of they're like oh you play I play cool and then we start hanging out in the dorms you know you're like bonding Um, and then I just kept meeting more and more musicians and ultimately had a house on Isham Street you know shout out to the crew Um, but um, we would you know hook up a bunch of really cheap microphones and amps and you know there was a person on bass and drums and um, I'm sure you've heard of Avery Cooper he's a great saxophone player in the area he was uh, around at that time as well and we just like hang out play all night um, yeah mostly just jamming and improv again I mean that's the thing that just kind of came to mind uh, mm-hmm. the, the jam and improv seem to kind of 
coalesce to the same thing, but I guess with the jamming session, um, I don't know if you would call that improv. That, that seems seems like an entirely different thing, or, is, mm -hmm. or is, am I looking at this through the wrong lens? I think you are looking through the right lens because, like, we start out and then we record it and then we'd listen to it. And like, some of my friends would, you know, we'd get a little bit more serious and actually write down a song. I've never recorded a song with anybody else. I'd love to do that. I have a friend who's unbelievably good at synths and he like knows how to manipulate samples. Um, and he's really he's just a dope musician. And I'm like, dude, we should play together. And we're very close friends. We hang out probably every single day and we've never played music together. So it just, it's very randomized and yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, I never want to pressure people into playing music because some people like want to do their own thing. So if someone's about it, I'm about it. If someone's not about it, then that's cool. So how does that kind of fit with the fact that you are a solo artist? You're here tonight on your own with your guitar and um, playing your own songs, but it sounds like you, you really feed off other people's energy. So mm -hmm. is there plans to expand this from a solo project to something larger? Or is this for you? Is this yours that you want to kind of have your own Definitely. thing for? And, and you know, do the jam sessions at other times? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my dream is really to like get, you know, to a place where people want to play music with me and want me to add my vocals or I don't know um, hopefully I get better at production I'm not there yet but I have an ear for it to some degree but really it's just you know play a tune we'll record some lyrics over it kind of work on it um, so I think I love both you know when I play by myself it's kind of like this getting in my head letting my thoughts out it's kind of therapeutic but when I'm with other people it kind of feels like you're on a roller coaster and I'm a huge roller coaster person so I, I know what they feel like um, but it's kind of like you go with the music. And I, I did the for the first time, um, Casey Little, he moved away, I think a couple of weeks ago, but he and I did something in Orlando's. And as I said, we reached out crowd and we're like, what, what do we sing about? And they're like, aliens. I'm like, cool. And he just, you know, we just kind of fed off each other and we're very similar. So it's really just meeting somebody that vibes well and then we'll play a little bit and see where it goes and on to the next. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about how the audience reacts to this because I mean I tend to a lot of bars and uh, venues in town not mm -hmm. really knowing what to expect and um, uh, I'm sure many other people do the same thing so when you start asking the audience for for cues and for ideas mm -hmm. um, how do they react and and does that make um, this is definitely a leading question but does that make the the audience feel a little bit more part of the the set itself mm -hmm. yeah it's funny at first they're a little skeptical but then you kind of you show that you can do something with it. And then, so maybe you'll get like two sec, you know, suggestions here or there. And then the, the second time everyone's like, play my song. I want you to sing this one. And it's like, okay, we got time for a couple more. Um, but really the, I think the, the coolest thing is musicians that I re meet man randomly because they're like, hey, you're playing your own set, but we can do something behind if you want to. Um, we'll play together. And then we're like, we should actually play together sometime. So it's a really, it's an easy way to meet people, but also entertain the crowds. And everyone's outside, it's summer, you know, they're having a drink, it's good life. Good I'm time. sure there's a few people in the crowd that had this idea for a song once upon a time and never managed to make it themselves, and mm -hmm. so you're realizing their dream in this moment. Yeah, that's a really nice way to put it, I hope so. I hope I inspire people. I've had people come up to me and they're like, I saw you the other day, we should play sometime. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm so down for that. Um, that's just my goal, is to play with as many people as possible. Well, obviously in the right place for it, or, <laughs> no very much seems like you've met a lot of people already that have uh, mm -hmm. kind of taken you up on that. Um, well, I'd love to hear another song. Sure. So uh, what have you got for us? Yeah, so this one is about, um, this is called All Night, and it's based, okay, so it's called All Night, and it's about um, wanting to do something new and, like, exciting, and it's a really interesting time for that because I'm, like, kind of in this idea 
place of maybe getting a new job, maybe not, we'll see. Um, but it's pretty exciting. Um, and I'm like, I got to put myself out of my comfort zone. And so even though it's kind of like, I don't want you doing this, the you is myself. Um, and I do a lot of that where I kind of have conversations with myself and it's probably because in real life I talk to myself. So, um, and dreams, you know, you're like, you're experiencing your own mind. So that's probably where it comes from. All right, we'll take it away. Cool. I don't want you crying in the middle of the night when we're sleeping. No, no, no. I don't want you hurting, darling. What you doing? Staying up all night. Oh, all night. If we could just run away, just run away. Do you think you'd go with me? Just go with me. there by philosopher and uh so that was from one of you, one of the tracks from your new album um called raw teeth it came out end of winter early spring which one sorry raw teeth the album oh yeah 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 that came out i think in yeah the winter yeah raw so teeth. 
tail end of COVID. Was this uh, was this a COVID baby, if you will? Yeah, yeah. I pulled a bo a bow burnham. <laughs> 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 I wish that'd be cool. Um, well, you know, we had a pretty hard time of it. It looks like, but you did create something pretty amazing. Thank you. Um, so. Yeah, tell me a little bit about the production of that, the creation of that, the kind of inspiration behind putting out uh, mm -hmm. your first album, it, it looks like. So yeah, that's always a, always a big thing. Raw teeth is like, I guess, because you could either be talking about somebody smiling or like an animal showing its teeth in anger. Um, so it's kind of a, open for interpretation, but it's because half of it is improv and the other half is not. There's one that I did kind of just reached out to this random guy in SoundCloud and it's like, I really like your sound. Could I download it and use it? And that's the one called Fossils. So it sounds a little bit more professional uh, than the others, but that's totally fine. Um, so I kind of just had like a bunch of songs that I've been like, I need to put effort into these and put it on an album and just put myself out there, um, learn how much I don't know about recording music, which was uh, a big a big thing of learning actually. Um, but since then I was like, I'm going to try to start looping stuff in GarageBand and getting a little bit more excited. So yeah, there was, it's kind of going back to your old, your other question, if the songs all work together and it's really just because they were the ones that I've been playing for so long. So that's really the only reason that they're there. And hopefully I get to a place where I'm like, you know, I think, sorry, mom, I'm going to say this on radio, but I think it'd be really cool to do like a song interpretation of different like things that affect your mind. Um, and kind of like, there's a couple good, you know, authors that do that. And like, not that I, I want to be necessarily the one doing any of those, but it would be interesting to have like an album devoted to improv instrumental, like each song represents a different you know, whether it's eating food or watching a sunrise. Mm. <laughs> or all the mind-altering substances. Yes, exactly. I see. Um, so kind of a Timothy Leary, but as an album. I don't know that person. Okay. But I, I won't <laughs> lie and pretend I do. But <laughs> um, You've also got a really great artwork for the, for the album cover. Thank you. Um, it, just looking at it on Spotify right now, you've obviously got an eye for, yeah. uh, for, for really nice design. Did Thanks. you take this photo yourself? Of me as a child. With the balloons? It looks fantastic. No, I didn't take that. Um, that was just, I was in my grandma's, uh, you know, basement and just going through all the old photos. And I found that. And I was like, that's an album cover. Like, I don't know why, but it just was like, that's going to be an album cover. Oh, it works so well. It does. Yeah. It's goofy. It's like, I'm a child at art, so I wanted to be, like, represented as that. And the kind of anonymity mm -hmm. you have with all the balloons uh, mm -hmm. covering your face. Obviously, we're all just we're just speaking about an album cover right now, so it's very difficult for people listening to understand. Go but check it out. Go to, uh, go to Spotify and, uh, and, and check out Philosopher, spell F-I-I. L-O-S-O-P-H-Y-R-E. Um, it's a great album as well. So um, what's the reception been like? I think, okay, pretty good. Um, I think th there's a definitely a, a direct correlation between in, uh, engagement on Instagram and trying to be more present on social media with uh, streams and followers. It was really cool. I was actually like pretty popular for a second in Finland, just like a bunch of cities for some reason. I was like, that's really cool. Hopefully they'll invite me out there. I've always wanted to visit. Um, but that was like a random thing I would never have expected. There was, I wish I knew the name of this artist, but there was apparently some artist a couple, you know, decades ago who nobody in America knew, but everybody in like Japan was like obsessed with this person. And I'm like, 
that would be kind of cool to have some random country just like obsessed with you. I think especially <laughs> so because then you could come back to America and mm -hmm. you'd just be a regular person again. And then anytime right. you need that fame fix, you could just hop on a plane. Yeah, it's a real life Hannah Montana type of deal. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so um, first album out the way. Mm -hmm. um, what did you learn from that that you might be taking to your second album? Or am I being presumptuous here that a second album will be coming? Definitely want to do a second, uh, second album. Uh, I think the biggest thing is vocals. Like, it's kind of, you know, admittedly, it's hard to understand myself. I'm using voice recording app on the iPhone 6, so it's not even, like, the latest technology. Um, and so I wasn't using proper microphones. And I think also having different microphones for different instruments so you can kind of play around with things and loop. Um, that's the whole thing that I've been learning with GarageBand. Everything's free, um, but I've been doing harmony and like trying to layer different voices. And it, that was actually inspired by Bo Burnham. The way he just does it is super cool. Um, so definitely want to be more, I think at the end of the day, my voice is my instrument more than my guitar. I love guitar playing. It's awesome. It's like beautiful. And, you know, especially like, when people are, everyone's around the fire and you're just like playing the guitar and people start singing, that's really awesome. Um, but my voice is like my main thing, so I got to work on that way more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any plans of bringing other artists in for the second album? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, are you kind of talking about how uh, more engagement on these social media platforms mm -hmm. means more clicks and more views and mm -hmm. doesn't really necessarily mean... Um, it, you can be the best artist in the world, but if you don't do that, you really can't get that foothold. Mm. Um, I did also notice, and this is kind of connected to the, the quote that you gave us uh, for the Rocket Shop description, that your biggest goal right now is to develop a link between corporate responsibility and music, mm -hmm. such that it's influential, uh, influential not only in the political level, but driven by informal communities and networks. Mm -hmm. it, how do you see kind of, you know, corporate responsibility, the corporate world, and your music right now and and maybe you know touching on the kind of social media aspect mm -hmm. and what would you like to see it as yeah so currently it's definitely not doing anything a couple of years ago i uh did almost a partnership with equal exchange their coffee company chocolate company and i was kind of like reached out to them and i said hey i'd love to do this and basically try to drive awareness about a cause that's really important through music um that didn't really you know kind of become anything, which is totally fine. If anything, it was just a good networking opportunity. I got to see, you know, where they make chocolate in the chocolate factory. So that was kind of exciting. Um, but eventually my goal would be to be able to have a platform that, and speak up on behalf of people and, and not really speak up on their behalf. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Make a platform that other people can use to speak up and like have their voices be heard because there's a lot of competition, especially on Instagram and social media. And, you know, like um, so it can be hard for certain folks to feel like their voice is being heard. Um, but corporate responsibility. So I, I'm an econ major and I almost went to Wall Street, but kind of felt a little bit um, conflicted on the inside about that because I saw, you know, the company that my, my company was investing in. I saw their oil in the Amazon in Ecuador, and I just kind of was like, wait a second. If I feel this bad about what I'm seeing, I should not be able to not feel bad across the world somewhere else in a, you know, nice office in the city. Um, so I was kind of like, Music's going to be the easiest way for me to reach out and make connections with people and, you know, imagine a large crowd and you're like, hey, this is a really important cause. Like, we're all going to maybe donate to this thing. Um, so I, I don't really have a plan yet, but I think 
if anything, as we've seen music can touch people in really beautiful ways. And um, I don't know if I have the opportunity to either, you know, uh, raise money for something or give somebody else who's better at articulating and speaking on behalf of, you know, the people that they want to help. Uh, that would be really, truly the best thing that I could achieve with music. Yeah. Uh, I Forgive me for my cynicism, but does corporations even have a place in music? Uh, the, the two things seem diametrically opposed in terms of the spirit and soul of, of what and who they are. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I've never asked anybody at a corporation that question, but I would imagine uh, they probably don't have any care. But I did do some research in college about the informal um, influence in terms of consumption and that influence on how companies, you know, whether or not they have higher or lower demand for their goods and services. For example, there's color coding on different companies in China that, you know, Green is like, we're environmentally friendly and we don't pollute a lot. Black is the opposite of that. And they saw a very quick, significant decrease in people going at the, the companies with the black sticker versus a huge increase of them going to the ones with the green. So there is power in numbers, especially when that comes to consumption um, and local networks. So if you can kind of create like a community over music and art and then use that to, you know, facilitate um, network building and something like that. So that's where my head is at. And in, in theory, it sounds really nice, but so does economics. So <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it's just a matter of connecting with more people and throwing bigger events, bigger, more promising events with people who, you know, really know what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. I, I do notice in, in, your, uh, in your album, in Raw Teeth, there is a couple of uh, tracks that do kind of tie back to your econ education mm -hmm. uh, money only buys you debt i think is the one that stands out yep. um so uh, obviously this is like another passion of yours mm -hmm. um how much does that filter into your music and obviously a little bit because you've got a track on the album with something relatively economically minded yeah um a lot of my improv songs usually start with hollywood is turning into hollyweed we got so many politicians full of greed and then I kind of move on from that and either rant about, you know, <clears throat> how public education has failed to teach us how to uh, do our taxes and mortgages and whatever. Um, so it's really kind of dependent on the day, um, especially the New York Times. Like, is there something going on in the world that's really bad that I feel like I need to sing about it, you know, because that's going to help. Um, but uh Actually, just forgot the question. Not gonna lie. Uh, I was gonna say, how much does your your economic background oh. kind of filter into your music? Because these are two of your passions, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because when we started talking this evening, we were talking about you having lucid dreaming and flying mm -hmm. over Lake playing on a on a dragon, and then you know there's there's stuff in here about money only buys you debt. Mm -hmm. Th those two things seem seem quite different and coming at yeah. it from two very different angles. Yeah, I think I use money uh, as like a metaphor a lot. Um, kind of like, you know, like um, interest rates are falling. That could be about money, but it also could be like my interest in you is falling. Um, you know, supply and demand. I mean, this is so cliche, but, um, you know, like... I don't know, you're supplying a love, but I don't got demand for it. So it's just like using different words from uh, economics and bringing that into song. Mm. Um, so sometimes it happens. Um, but yeah, if anyone ever has any good ideas about, you know, singing about demand and supply, <laughs> equilibrium. You're the person that should call. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'd love to hear another song. Sure. So uh, what have you got for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... 
So this one's called <laughs> So-Called Lover, and it started out as an improv, and then somebody asked me what should it be called, and I said So-Called Lover, uh, just because I thought that was a, coo a cool term, and so that actually ended up becoming the chorus. Um, and it's kind of like, hey, you broke my heart, but you were just a so-called lover, so it doesn't really matter, you know? So trying to be a tough, tough person, tough woman about it. called Love There by Philosopher. Um, that song, very bluesy. Mm -hmm. Very bluesy. Um, some of the, the other songs you've been sung tonight uh, definitely had more of a more singer-songwriter to them. Uh, the last track, very Tash Sultana, which I don't know if it's just in my head now because you've said the name, but definitely got those vibes. You've also got a relatively similar voice to her as well. Mm -hmm. um, you're a little bit genre-defying, so where do you see yourself fitting in, in kind of the myriad of various different terms we, we give each mm. each area of music. Ooh, uh, I like to tell people that usually I'm a mix between Amy Winehouse and Bruce Springsteen. So rock and roll, blues, folk. But I like rock and roll. I really like rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll, blues, folk, I like it. Yeah. And as you were growing up and, and kind of developing your own style and... Mm -hmm. um, what was did did you always kind of gravitate to this kind of genre, or have you kind of twist and turn and gone to different places as you've, as you've learned and 
and changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think it honestly was all love songs and trying to be like the next Taylor Swift, unfortunately. Uh, so being very pop. But then I think it went into, I then like just struck a chord with Neil Young and I was like, whoa, that dude is unbelievable so I was kind of adjusted my sound I think a little bit more towards that singer songwriter Uh, my parents have always told me I need to calm down when I play my guitar way too hard I break strings all the time I'm like very much nervous that I'm gonna break a string tonight so if we don't do that that's awesome Um, but uh, yeah so I I think it's always been I've always said singer songwriter because I don't know what else to call myself it's a great catch-all term, if yeah. I'm with you. It can really run the gabbit in terms of what that actually means. I'm talking to another yeah. artist the other day, and uh, at the end of the day, most most front people are singer-songwriters, regardless mm-hmm. of what they're playing. Um, you mentioned that your your parents uh, tell you to, to stop strumming your, your strings so hard. You said that your mum was, uh, was in theatre, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are they musicians as well? No. No, my mom was on the board of uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, New York players at Gilbert and Sullivan. My father was super into Bruce Springsteen, but also like uh, African music. And so I think it was like that combination of story and like instrumental uh, melody stuff. And like maybe that's why I don't pronounce and articulate well, because I'd never understood any of the lyrics. I was like, you don't need to know the words. You just got to. I'm fully with you on that one. I right. barely ever listen to lyrics. It's more the feeling that comes out mm-hmm. that I'm I'm resonating with. You hear that, mom? <laughs> <laughs> um, with you seem aware of the the fact that you know for you enunciation and lyrics um, are not I wouldn't say not a strong suit. To be honest, I I, I can hear what you're saying. Um, does that change the way that you kind of write songs? Is it the lyrics you're writing, you know you're the only one that's going to really hear them or feel that you're mm-hmm. the only one that's going to hear them and so you kind of sing them in a different way in order to to bring that across to an audience or are you really wanting people to know your lyrics and mm. and kind of dig into that that psyche or that dream that you had? Sometimes I want them to know, but at the same time, like I write in metaphors a lot, so only I really know that those words mean um it kind of depends like if i'm just writing lyrics down i might never share them with the world and maybe never make them into a song just like if something's happening at that certain point but um with kind of like using the loops in garage band and like singing the song i'm like okay i want people to know these lyrics so it's it's a challenge to write with like a structure instead of just writing whatever comes out. Um, so I definitely hope my newer songs, especially, you know, people can understand the words and sing along to them because that's really important. Um, that feeling, you know, of just like driving down the highway and the, the windows are down, you're singing to your favorite song or screaming to it, mm-hmm. um, depending on the day. Um, so yeah, I think I would love for people to see the lyrics and I definitely got to be more proactive about sharing those somewhere and, you know, getting those easy, more easily accessible. But sometimes, you know, with improv, it's just really what rhymes, what goes with this, you know, the syllables. I do count syllables um, when I write songs, like, is this going to be eight syllables versus six? So I do have a little bit, but that's really just for the melody and not necessarily the words. Is that a kind of a development from where your poetry was mm-hmm. and, and the way that kind of a, a poem would fit together in, in, the, in the way that it kind of flows? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. I've taken many poetry classes, but I've never actually been taught how to write a poem. Interesting. What do you do in a poetry class then? You write poems and read them to each other. But you, but you don't get taught how to write a poem? N- not in my experience. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. I liked it, though. It was easy and kind of fun, you know. Yeah. But I think back and I'm like, I actually don't know, like, what different types of poems there are and, like, how to actually structure any of them. So none of mine, they're all free flow and it's all good. I see. I mean, that does sound like a fun class, to be honest. Yeah. You wanted to get into the technicalities of it, the history, the, mm-hmm. the nitty gritty. Um. Maybe. There's definitely the beat generation poetry. Like, my grandfather used to hang out with some of the beat uh, poets, so he has, like, all their collections, and I've been fortunate to, like, read some of them, and they're all about living on the road and maybe rock climbing here or there and, you know, just, like, living without fear, and that's my main goal is to to not be afraid to say yes to things that come my way and just take life by the whatever the horns <laughs> i don't know i gotta say your family sounds fascinating could they come in next week and we just interview every <laughs> single one of them sure <laughs> granddad's uh you know part of the beat poetry movement mother's part of the government Sul- sullivan oh troop. yeah it's, uh, i'm sure they would love to to do that <laughs> probably several stories we can dig into there oh yeah um, well, uh, it's all we've really got time for tonight, but mm-hmm. uh, before I let you play your last song, um, how do people find you? How do people listen to your music? Sure, yeah, so uh, Philosopher, F-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y-R-E, that term only exists because I created it last year or two years ago, um, which is crazy. Um, and I do a little like SEO and it was crazy to, ne- to not see that on anywhere in Google. So literally like TikTok and Instagram, and that's really it. And oh, Spotify, obviously. <laughs> SoundCloud, YouTube. SoundCloud. Yep, I got it on SoundCloud and YouTube. Yeah, I have two channels on YouTube. I think for some reason, DistroKid, like the thing I use to put music on Spotify, like kind of splits it into two. But that's totally fine with me. So you'll find it either way. And uh, if people want to come see you live, maybe see one of these improv shows. They sound really fascinating and cool. And yeah. Where do you uh, Where would you find you next? Orlando's is usually actually tomorrow Thursday. Orlando has open mic. I think around seven thirty. Um, and I'd like to be at Radio Bean soon because they're awesome and they're a really cute little organization or company. Um, so a restaurant. Sorry, we're it's, still in business mode right now. <laughs> well, it's uh, Radio Bean's like. 14 different things at once, yeah. to be fair. You can't really go wrong, throw a dart at the name board and you'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, what have you got for us for the last song? Sure. Um, yeah, so actually this this dream, it, this is actually about another dream and it's about dying. Um, but then it's also a metaphor for uh, for love in the sense that like when somebody loves you, you kind of are brought into a new environment and then sometimes when they leave, you're like still in that environment and you're like, what's going on? So the metaphor for that is this like random kid I see in the woods and it's like this haunting, creepy thing, you know, like if you see a child by itself in the woods, it's a little sus. It's a little sus. Um, and yeah, so just kind of, getting lost in the woods slash love and, you know, interesting stuff happens when that happens. <laughs> is it got a name? Uh, it is called uh, Love the Love. All right, take it away. Thank you. I saw a kid running through the woods Looked like they were running for good And all
Philosopher there, aka Sophie Paternode, finishing off with Love to Love. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. This is awesome. No. Can't wait till next time. Yeah, come again. Um, well, as I said, that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh, check us out next week. We're going to have Ivan May back in the studio. Uh, but for now, this has been 105.9 The Radiator at The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. Woo! Woo. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>